Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. Welcome to episode 24 of season four, Outside by Design. Hey, hey, I'm Iris. And I am Lisa. Lisa's back. I'm back. <laughs> and today's an awesome episode because I get to talk to Janie Dial, who is an all-around amazing, super smart human being who started Wilder Goods as well as Creative Wild. She talks about how she started out her career in film production and then transitioned into being an entrepreneur. She shares about how she seeks out finding herself in the outdoors, her struggle with being identified as her business versus as herself, and how she hates the word manifestation. Yeah, and if you love big picture ideas, this is an episode for you. So let's listen. Janie, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really, really excited to talk to you about creativity. I have a lot to say about creativity, so I'm happy to be here too. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, the first question we always ask everyone is to to describe where they are and what they're looking at. (laughs) Well, I'm staring into the eyes of my dog who is terribly bored and just laid on his side because he, I think he knows that I'm about to do something for a long time, um, like move my mouth hole, and he's absolutely bored out of his mind. And <laughs> I'm sitting in my office. It's a we're located in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it's gorgeous here right now. It's fall, so I think today is actually going to be 75 degrees, and it's beautiful, and the colors are all changing. And September is my birthday month, so it's my favorite time of year and I grew up in Utah and haven't didn't spend much of my adult life here so now that I'm back I just want to be in the canyon every day and um yeah just basking in the glory of all of these gorgeous leaves oh awesome so when I knew you were going to be on the podcast I started researching you a little bit online and thinking about how to introduce you but you do so many things I I feel like you're just this deeply, deeply creative person as like a human being, not a job. And uh, it seems like you've done a ton in film and branding and it's amazing. So um, I don't want to speak for you, uh, but do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, hmm, how far back should we go? I... (laughs) (laughs) I I really relate to the to the word creativity. Let's keep this thematic here. Um, you know, as a kid, I was in a lot of the um, like creative arts programs, and I always would self-identify as an artist. And I went on to um, go to the Art Institute of Portland, and I lived in Portland, Oregon, for ten years. And um, yeah, so I've had a a wild winding journey in terms of my career and my adult life. Um, Started out, my first job out of college was working on a film called Coraline, which is a stop motion film. And 
well, for those people who don't know what stop motion is, it's basically very expensive little puppets that move through ball and socket joints called armatures. And where I was on a set in a warehouse in the middle of farmland um, in basically a big black building because you can't have any light. It's all incredibly um, structured as an environment and as a film um, process. And that lasted about three years. And my actual title was Puppet Master, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, that job was was an amazing first foray into um, the creative arts, into the film industry. And I learned so much about how to work with a big crew uh, on that production. There were people from all over the world and a lot of strange, funny characters, many of whom I keep in touch with today and who I you know, now have a place to land wherever I go in the globe. Um, and I feel very uh, close to them. You become almost like a family, as you know, when you're working in production and when you're working on a startup and your your team becomes like family. So um, that was my first gig. And then I, I worked as a producer and did music video production. I've been a photo producer as well. Um, but by the time I was 29, I got pretty burned out. Um, production requires so much of your time and effort and energy because you're essentially playing God in some sense, you're manipulating light and time and you're creating an entirely new reality. And so it really just, until you're done with that last shot, it doesn't stop. And I was 29 and I was feeling very much not myself. And I went to a naturopath and they did all these tests and she's like, wow, your, your levels are so low. I've never seen somebody that's this age and is so depleted in these areas. And it was a huge wake up call for me. And the one thing that had been keeping me sane was, was yoga. And I was doing a pretty, um, I had a pretty dedicated practice. And one day I just woke up from my production job, not shortly thereafter. And I just knew I was done. And I took what I would call an early sabbatical, maybe an early retirement is a better way to put it. And uh, <laughs> I worked at this incredible yoga studio and wellness center and sort of came back to myself during that time. And I'm really glad that I, that I did that. It was terrifying. You know, a lot of people would say things to me like, well, what, how could you just stop in your career? You know, you were on this path and, and now looking back, I, I think here's one of a valuable nugget that I've learned from entrepreneurship, which is that dreams can change, you know, and, and we all change and evolve and businesses and endeavors are just like organisms and we have to adapt. And, uh, that, that time in my life really informed, um, how I came to found Wilder and this, the values that, Lindsay and I incorporated into it are really based in mindfulness and health. And um, so then after, after my sabbatical, um, I moved to California and, and then Lindsay and I lived together and we started to dream up this thing that didn't even have a name. And this thing that didn't have a name eventually became what is Wilder, which is my current business, which is a, it's an online store, but really if you zoom out a little bit farther, it's a platform for outdoor women and for scientists and creatives and adventurers and athletes. It's really a, a place where women can go to 
um, to shop in an ethical way. So um, first and foremost, we're an ethical online shopping experience. And then we have a journal and we also do um, something new, which are our field trips. And I just finished um, our first creative wild field trip in Idaho two weeks ago. So there was a long winded history (laughs) of my entire life. (laughs) Up until this moment. Awesome. Um, I love that your word of the month is purpose. Um, because I feel like you can't help but integrate that into what you do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so when you hear purpose, how does that, what comes up for you? Uh, well, yeah, purpose and intention and passion, they all kind of occupy the same space for me. And um, it's hard to imagine a life without that as a guiding force, really. And I don't mean that to sound... Um, I'll, um, let me re- let me say that again. When I think about purpose, I think about as cheesy as it may be. This is kind of a buzzword, but but living really authentically and aligning your your passion and your values, and trying to find ways to incorporate how you spend your your work time um, with being uh, an activist or a contributing global citizen. So there are very small things that you can do on a daily basis. And then there are the the large things. And in some sense, I think my, my vocation is my activism. And so I really relate to living on purpose or living with purpose because I mean, without that, um, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. How has that driven you to evolve from wilder goods into also offering creative wild? Well, having an online platform is fantastic because, you know, one of the great perks is that I make money while I sleep and sometimes I'll wake (laughs) up and things are great because we've moved some product and there's a great sense of satisfaction in the automation of a business. Um, But I think what was missing, at least for me, is the experiential and the tactile and the interpersonal. And I was also a guide at one point, I skipped over this part, but I had started a small um, side, I'll call it a side hustle with my friend Kristen called Nomad. And we were doing, um, kind of mindfulness adventures. So one of them was, you know, like wine and waves and it was a surf trip um, to the Oregon coast bookended on the daily with meditation and yoga. Um, So this isn't, it's not really a new concept for me. I've always wanted to integrate wellness and mindfulness and meditation practices and um, Buddhist and Zen teachings into the work that I do and put into the world and, and, and to try to teach some of those same tool sets that I've learned that have kept me sane and I would say healthy throughout the the experience of um, having to confront risk so often. And, um, and it's just, it's incredibly debilitating on some days when you're an entrepreneur, as you know, to Mm -hmm. not just have to constantly output, and create value for the world and, and for yourself, but for other people and for your team and for those that are 
um, really expecting you to deliver. So field trips are a way to integrate um, in a natural landscape and in an environment that's rugged and beautiful and hopefully that is kind of off the grid or off the radar, or really out out there <laughs> in a landscape um, in order to experience um, a place of not being distracted and a place of what I would call true creativity or flow um, or presence. I love that. Um, I absolutely love that answer. And, and I love this concept of true creativity as opposed to fake creativity. How do you feel about your job title being creative director? Because that can be an oxymoron sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm more of a creative sponge. I think Picasso said something like great artists or good artists imitate, but great artists steal. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't mean I necessarily steal. I just, I try to iterate to the best of my ability and there's so much that has been done before, but um, filtered through our channel and specifically through my creativity um, or my application of what I feel is most authentic and genuine. Uh, there, there's something that will differentiate from what has been done before. And, um, I think a lot of people are hung up on, on this idea that everything's been done before and that we all exist in these echo chambers and, you know, algorithms are feeding us exactly what we want. So, you know, how, how are we ever going to be, truly inspired or see something new or something that's evocative or, or, um, inspiring, um, because we're just so, everything is so filtered. Um, but I'm always on the lookout, like I, I, I even at creative wild, my friend, Anna Brones, who is probably the most creative human I know. Um, if you don't follow her, go to Anna Brones because she, she's a writer and she's, um, just constantly creating, but there's a joy that she has. So nothing feels forced. And even though I know that she has the same struggles as me or probably you or anybody who is in a role of creative authority or on the creative team, um, there's real joy in what she does. And I'm trying to dig in to where that joy is for me. Um, it sounds, again, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I always find it in the natural world. I always find it when I'm walking without distraction or when I place myself um, intentionally in scenarios where I can't grab my phone and be fed, um, you know, a, a really specific diet of what an algorithm says I should be eating, you know. And so I, I try to find places and to put myself physically into those places or into spaces where I know that, that I'm more like a, it's almost like when you put, when you put, you know, those old bunny ears that they put on TVs to get the best signal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a funny metaphor, but uh, I feel like I can be more of like uh, an open channel, I guess, when I'm when my feet are in the dirt and when my head is literally in the clouds and when I'm surrounded by organic material. And then, and sometimes only then, can I create from a place of of what's real and true for me. 
Oh, wow. I have so much, uh, so much parallel in mm. what, in what you're saying. And, um, I started a practice where every single morning, the first thing I do is go stick my feet outside barefoot mm-hmm. and, and I live in the woods and that kind of like sets the tone for my day. Um, and just, I feel like much more balanced as a person when I stick my bare feet on the ground for a while. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. my friend does the same thing. I can't say that I do it. I don't have a lot of dirt <laughs> and a very <laughs> fertile ground where I'm living right now, but <laughs> totally. Hey, Lisa, you like colors. I love colors. Did you know that you can get beautiful hair color sent right to your door and you can do it at home? What are you talking about? Some people color their hair and they don't want to have to go to a salon. That sounds really amazing. It sounds like they know how to use the color wheel. You know who else knows how to use a color wheel? Who? A creative agency called Wheelie. They're based out of Whitefish, Montana and work with clients all over the country. WheelieCreative.com. Check it out the next time your business needs branding, color advice, strategy, execution, photography, design, go vibes. Anything you'd ever need, except for hair color. We don't do that. I love what Janie has to say about getting away from the algorithms and what the algorithms want us to see uh, in order to find true creativity. Absolutely. And, and really just getting outside and into your body and out of your head and coming back to creating um, after you, you know, just experience for a while. That really resonates with our crew here at Wheelie. Yeah, that's why we have long weekends, so we can go get outside and feel fresh again and come back to the week and crush it. Yeah, and I'm sure that resonates with you listeners as well. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to Janie. So I'm curious, um, this, this I'm asking because it's something I struggle with is I, I see you've maintained your identity by keeping a personal website mm. with janiedial.com. Mm. And, um, how does, I guess, how has being identified or associated with Wilder mm. instead of just Janie, how has that resonated with you or felt different or, um, I don't know. How do you, how do you sit with that? It bugs the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I think the longer Uh that you stay in, in any identity um, Uh or in any specific group where you're, you're kind of relegated to what you do rather than who you are, uh, it wears on you and it wears on me. And I've spent the last year extricating my, my being (laughs) <laughs> my um, my internal landscape, my my creative personhood, from the work that I put into the world and from Wilder, and I think that's an incredibly healthy thing to do. I think in the beginning, you're sort of like a campaigner, right? And you're you've got a team of people, and you need people to believe in and trust what you're creating, and there's a great sense of urgency to it, and I think that's powerful as well. And I think that. Um, in the beginning, I was absolutely fine with being Janie from Wilder or the Wilder girl or whatever little box people put me into associated with my company. And now I think just as I've, we're in year four now, and uh, I think creating a separate identity and 
having my own personhood outside of it and not just maintaining that, but living and owning within that paradigm is incredibly important because otherwise you get lost, meaning you just, you get lost in a false identity because if my business fails, uh, I'm not a failure. And if my business um, is wildly successful, that doesn't mean that I'm emotionally well. They don't correlate. So I think it's incredibly important to continue to develop hobbies and recreational endeavors and relationships that have absolutely nothing to do with the work that you do day in and day out. And that's kept me pretty sane over the last year. But I understand why that becomes so convoluted. And it's really hard work to dig yourself out of of an identity, especially if you're feeling insecure about, you know, who you are without it. Right. Or just the fact that creating great work does involve bringing your whole self Mm -hmm. into the work, whether it's commercial or personal. It's like you have to show up with your A game to really, really make something beautiful and and being able to separate yourself from the work. Yeah. I think that's a the you know, I've had the same business for 10 years and uh I'm really in a phase now where I'm empowering my team to just run with it. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But um yeah, I don't know. I see I see a parallel with you there because you're uh JanieDial.com is still so so rich and so much depth to it. Oh. It looks like you're, yeah, you. It looks like you love to blog. Thank you. Um, I don't love to blog. No, <laughs> and I very rarely do. Uh, but thank you. Yeah, I I do yeah. I do put what effort I can into creating a space that is my home online and that is my um, personal. I guess my personal brand to a certain extent, I hate that word, uh, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I have an identity that's, that's not entirely wrapped up in this thing called Wilder. Um, but I do, but I do also love Wilder and it's like a child. And at this point it feels, it feels like a toddler, um, <laughs> and it needs to be fed and it needs to <laughs> be helped and stewarded and, and all of those things. But, um, yeah, but I've I've worked really hard this year to maintain my own identity. Yeah, I I felt that in uh in an email exchange. So <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Before we started recording, you used the phrase manifest creativity. And I would love to hear what you think about manifestation when it comes to creativity. Well, I don't like that word very much. (laughs) Um, And I think I don't, I don't really, I don't love that word because it, it leaves out what's most important, which is, which is action Uh, manifesting to me, or at least the way that I think it's used or been appropriated by like yoga culture specifically is that if you think and or pray and or meditate and or um, believe in something that it will then happen. And I, and I don't believe that. And I don't believe that there is science or data to support that. So 
what I would say about manifesting uh, and how it relates to creativity is that um, there's there's this whole component of work and action that is absolutely essential. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by this guy, Seth Godin, who has published 27 books on creativity. If you haven't read any of them, go to the store and buy 10 of them now. Um, but he says, motivation is for amateurs. And I think what he means by that is, it's fine if you need to, you know, go to a conference or, you know, have a biweekly meeting with your mentor in order to be motivated. But motivation and entrepreneurship require personal ambition and personal accountability for the action you're willing to take in terms of being uncomfortable and being, um, and of not being risk averse, I guess. And that, that accountability part is what has made the difference for me, I think in my business and in my life. And I, I hear from and watch, you know, a lot of people in my world and peer group and community who have incredible ideas and there are so many wonderful artists, artists out there um, who want to create something that will have a big impact and they toil away for years and years and years and, and they think that it will just manifest and that's false. You have to start in it. I think that, you know, the, the miracle isn't always that you finish something. It's sort of a miracle that any of us have the courage to even start something. And I think starting is the most brave and courageous thing that you can do, knowing that it could fail and knowing that it probably will fail. But I think the mm -hmm. people that fail the most are the real winners. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I come from the place or the belief that creativity comes from conflict or distress or discomfort because if if there wasn't conflict there'd be no need to be creative everything would just be fine so mm -hmm. I think part of it entrepreneurship that appeals to me is like really just being comfortable with risk and being comfortable with a bit of chaos and discomfort and that really opens opens us up to creativity yeah I think curiosity is also the other half of that so Definitely yeah. conflict. I mean, I, I've been able to create through some really difficult um, traumas and experiences in my own life. And I think that there is, yeah, the, there's, there's real purity that comes when you're in a state of um, existential crisis, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and that purity is very real and it's very potent and powerful. And there is creativity and creation that lies in that. And, but I also think that it's not a requirement either. Liz, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this a lot. Um, you know, she, she, I listened to a podcast recently where she was saying, I, I used to preach that passion was the fuel that you need to get anything done and to, you know, build your empire, or make your art or whatever. And she's like, you know, the older I get, the more that I realize that it's actually curiosity. That's, that's almost childlike. You, you find these little nuggets or breadcrumbs and you follow them and you see where they lead. And you don't have to start out of the gate with this wild burning desire to accomplish something. Sometimes creating good art just means um, being almost childlike in, in how you seek out the, the breadcrumbs that are leading you in a direction that feels 
I don't know, I don't know, like fun (laughs) and Mm -hmm. interesting. And, um, I think that's an equal part of, of, Mm -hmm. at least for me, why Mm -hmm. I'm drawn to the creative process. And yes, the darkness has its place. And yes, I have trudged through, um, some real gnarly difficulties and learned from them and applied what I learned from the difficulty to bringing more light um, and more justice and, you know, things like that to the world. But I also have found, especially in the last year, that being more curious and being a better listener and following what my gut is saying could could be fun and could be joyful is also a really powerful tool that complements the other. Absolutely. And, and I, I think those really integrate too, because um, conflict, it doesn't have to be super serious. It could be like, how do we make, how do make, how do we make the package design on these socks stand out <laughs> against all the other package design? Like there's a little bit of conflict and competition within package designs. And then, yeah, that, that inspires the curiosity to like, huh, well, what, what, do people think about when they're trying to buy socks, you know? And yeah, I see those going hand in hand for sure. Lisa, when you step out of the shower, the first thing that you do is you put on underwear. This is assuming you shower. Yeah, I didn't today. But if I did take a shower this morning, the first thing I would have put on is underwear. And that's because the stuff that's underneath really matters. It cradles you, it's supportive and it should be comfortable and keep you going throughout your day. There are companies out there that make incredibly comfortable underwear. But even better than that is a creative agency I know that believes that what's under your brand matters even more than what's under your clothing. What creative agency is that? WheelieCreative.com. It's actually just called Wheelie, but the URL is WheelieCreative.com. And at Wheelie, we know that what's underneath your brand is incredibly important to the rest of your brand's day, such as a comfortable, supportive strategy that keeps your business fresh. So check out wheeliecreative.com. It's like underwear for your brand. I love Janie's addition to add curiosity as an integral part of creativity, um, because I do think there has to be like some type of problem, like not a big not a huge problem in terms of conflict, but there has to be like some type of creative problem or need. So like a lighter use of the word conflict and then adding curiosity to that and being interested. I love that. I love thinking about where creativity comes from. And I think that that's a really cool topic for our listeners to mull over while they're painting their houses or driving or listening to this podcast. So yeah, I love what she says about curiosity and how like to be creative it doesn't need to be like this constant burning desire all the time it can just be a desire to learn something or a desire to like expand into something new yeah all about the growth mindset so what uh, what do you think is next for you hmm What's next? Well, uh, on a personal note, I am nearly finished. I've been building a, I bought a trailer about a year ago. God, I can't believe it's been a year. Uh, My three month project turned into a year project. So be (laughs) forewarned that if you're seeking out building a tiny home or your van, just, oh my God, it's, it's 
so much more work than I anticipated. <laughs> um, but I building a, a home for myself, building a little sanctuary that's mine and that I have had a hand in every detail creating has been so powerful for me this year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all in on my business, meaning that I've, I've really given it everything fiscally and emotionally. And, um, and yet again, this is a way for me to, to create something that's, that's truly my own little project. And so I've found a lot of fun and joy especially working with my dad, who's a master craftsman. I've been learning so much about skill sets I never thought that I would, like plumbing and uh, wiring and um, drywall and things like that. But it's been so fun. And so much of my work is in front of a computer screen and is very digital. I have a degree in digital media. And so I've spent way too many hours of my life editing and staring at, at screens. And to have my hands, you know, get really and truly bloody and dirty building something that is my own creation has been so deeply satisfying. So I'm nearly finished with that. All, all the flooring and cabinetry is all done. I, I joked to my mom the other day that, you know, you reach the pinnacle of adulthood when you have a savings account for a toilet. And I finally <laughs> got my beautiful top of the line composting toilet last week. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, building my home this year has been has been a really cool project, and living in it is what's next for me. Um, in terms of of Wilder, I this last trip that we did, Creative Wild, was incredibly potent for me. I, I think as a facilitator, for you know, for you, I imagine you feel the same, but you you get lost in the details, and I had this bird's eye view of what it would be like. And I brought together all these incredible people and speakers and mentors to me and women that I admire and creative professionals. And we all gathered on this landscape that I love um, called Maple Grove Hot Springs. And, and it, it, what I didn't expect was to be so profoundly affected myself um, as I was talking about my, my journey and as I was talking about my business and having sort of a, a retrospective look at what I have done and what I have created. And I felt, felt um, pride for the first time in a long time. I'm so mired in what's next and so mired in what I need to produce in order to keep the ship afloat and to scale and to grow that it's not very often I get an opportunity to reflect on the hard, grueling, demanding work that I've already done to get to this point. Um, so I think we'll do another one of those field trips. Um, I'm really committed to the experiential side of our business and it lights me up because a tactile and an, a personal approach to having a relationship with a brand and knowing the story, um, on a face-to-face heart-to-heart level matters. And, um, I think as a storyteller myself, I want to be in a room with other people who are either experiencing the same things that I have and I can relate to them, or I'm learning from people who have much more experience than I do and I'm learning from them. So having an experiential side of Wilders is, I think, going to lead down an interesting new path, I hope. Yeah, I'm so excited to follow along with that journey. And um, 
I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be quite cool. Seems like everybody cool is starting a podcast. I've been thinking about that lately. Too. <laughs> it's podcasts are fun because they they really are more about the journey and they're a little more off the cuff. Um, so it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's a fun process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I really respect um, how how you guys have created this. And I also just want to add too that I've known about Wheelie for many, many years. And I really honor and uh, send kudos to you for doing similar work that that we have attempted to do, which is Wilder emerged at a time where there weren't female-led companies in the outdoor and adventure sports and media world. Um, I mean, there definitely exist, but we're certainly the minority. And I can say part of why I felt such pride at, at having a retrospective look is that in the last five years, so much has changed. And even though the needle has barely moved, um, I think that being surrounded by and inspired by organizations and business owners like you is part of the reason that I continue to persist. And we, you know, we oftentimes look at, you know, she explores and, brown people hiking and unlikely hikers and all these incredible and range um, our friend Janine's agency. And, you know, all of us were just this little ragtag misfit crew back in 2015 or 16. I remember we all gathered at OR and, and, you know, we were like, Lindsay and I were felt, it felt like we were covert researchers on a mission to survey the landscape we intended to infiltrate. And we were, <laughs> we were like, okay, well, what's everybody else doing? And how are we going to succeed? And how can we do it um, in this nuanced way that isn't a rah, rah, ladies rule, boys drool, stupid um, approach, uh, and rather just try to change the dynamic in the landscape for all the women that are going to come um, after us and so that we don't have to use the, the, uh, what's the word? Um, so basically not having to be on a panel about female leadership anymore, but just being on panels mm-hmm. for leadership and having a, a normalcy around, um, gender in these spaces, I think is, I think it's possible that that will happen in our lifetime, but it's only because of organizations and business owners and leaders like you and, and like us and like so many others who have started to move that needle. And it's really powerful to look back on what it was like even five years ago and to look at what it's like now in terms of the landscape of female leadership. So that's cool. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was nice. And, um, it's it's been a wild wild journey hasn't it yeah and i i think it's a daily task for me not to be jaded <laughs> um <laughs> you know i i think anytime you insert yourself into the middle of a of a conflict or what you perceive as as a conflict or a, a paradigm that you want to change i think it's okay to to become a little jaded and I think it's totally normal. I, I get really tired of the outdoor industry. <laughs> I I've been 
going to plays and operas more often these days because I just don't want to associate my every single breath with recreation and um you know and I I think that there's also a really dystopic feeling that has arisen and obviously you know listening to Greta Thunberg's speech and um having this sense of of the the climate crisis be so real and present and and here in Utah too public lands is just it's a constant constant debate and and I'm I'm trying to be a better listener so that I don't become jaded because when you're jaded I think that breeds inaction so I'm trying to again be more curious and be a better listener and not try to bandwagon but the outdoor industry as a whole can become an echo chamber and I can find myself becoming annoyed with and jaded by and embittered uh, by so many different facets of it. And specifically in my world, in my realm, um, you know, being, being a retail platform um, is deeply complicated in terms of an ethical battle that, (laughs) that I face all the time. And, you know, I, I, I guess what I what helps me sleep at night, I suppose, is that I'm trying to aggregate people who are doing things well and who are doing things transparently. And I personally and alone can't fix, alter, or change the entire system, but I can be in the center of it and try to move the needle even if it's incremental and even if it's small, um, because I, I think having a big, long vision is pretty essential if, if I'm to stay sane and healthy and if, and if all of us are to stay sane and healthy and continue to be activists in what is an impending sense of doom. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You packed a lot into that answer. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of depth to you Janie Dial where can people follow you online okay here's the plug section I love this part Wilder Goods it's with a Y so it's at Wilder Goods and the website is also wildergoods.com and my name is spelled quite oddly it's J-A-I-N-E-E Dial and I'm just at Janie Dial and JanieDial.com Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, that was a good episode. You are a powerhouse. Thanks. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Janie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait to hang out with you in person at the next industry event. And um, we would all love to come to Creative Wild. So if you, our listeners, have not heard of Creative Wild, what's going on with Wild or Goods, Um, check it out get online you can find all of the links to Janie's social media and websites in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it if you take a second to leave us a review to let us know what you think about the show and with that we'll see you next week bye